0: Put a spell on you.
1: because Welcome to Hex Rated, where we three witches will take you on a magical journey through foul language and hilarious judgments.
0: You know I can't stand it. You're running around. You
1: know better, daddy. Welcome to episode six. Is that how many? X hex rated. Ooh. I almost said X-rated. It, <laughs> it could be. It can be. Uh-huh. It can <laughs> be later. Later after the recording's turned off.
2: Or even now.
0: Believe in your dreams.
1: You don't even know. Whoa. Believe in my dreams. I kn-
0: I know a little bit. I saw that documentary. <laughs> So, I want to let the
2: audience in on the fact that uh, Scarlett has not worn her
0: pajamas
2: like Lily and I have. Oh,
1: yeah. It's pajama party. So,
0: it's Um, all right. I'm not wearing anything with spikes on it. You Well, oh. That's kind of pajamas for me. (laughs) I'm not wearing anything uh, that is corseted, so... Yeah. All right.
1: I guess this is comfort. <laughs>
0: yeah. I have a onesie. I have some Jamie That's games. pretty cute. I've seen
1: it. What's it? Pretty w- adorable. What does it look it's like? It's
0: like a gray fair aisle with woodland animals.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. That's so nice from Target. <laughs> I saw many fox things. On really? Oh, my gosh. Foxes are
1: really popular yeah. right now. I know. Foxes are, they, are hot
2: with the kids. Are
1: they going to yeah. be like the new
0: owl? I yeah. hope not. Yeah, oh, no. There's owls,
1: yeah. Yeah. but yeah at at home, uh, it feels weird to say that because' not at my home but at the store there were foxes yeah. everywhere, yeah, I saw a lot of foxes. That was
0: a poor naming choice. I think my spirit animal, the chicken is not hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot with old ladies that decorate their kitchens in like Don't French you think country like roosters,
2: though it's kind of roosters. that's oh, roosters
1: and you chickens. Mean cocks? Cocks. cack, I mean, yeah. <laughs> So what's new in the witchy world?
2: Yeah. What's uh, what's everybody doing? Oh, my gosh. So Scarlet made this amazing thing for Lily and I for uh, Yule. It is a crystal grid, and it is awesome. Yule gifts. We will put a picture up on the internets for you to see. Maybe if you're or special a enough. Or a s- sure. facsimile of the thing that we got. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> ours are special.
2: But they're really cool, and I was very touched. It was very touching thank you Scarlett. yeah i'm gonna touch you i got i was wow. gonna say i
1: got touched during so it it's a little extra wow <laughs>
2: well thanks great
1: now i know where we did all you, stand did you not get no i did you not get, get the touched. touching i did not <laughs> you didn't get it did a you touch yourself
2: oh, you could have touched yourself I c- maybe you i will later
1: getting a touching is all up to you it's
2: true i guess yes all right <laughs> well uh, that devolved really quickly <laughs>
1: It is X rated. That is what's going
2: on in the witchy world. Mm. Giving gifts and touching. Uh I don't know. What did y'all do this week? Anything
1: Well last week I did my curse. Oh. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. we gotta talk about
2: that. Yeah, we gotta we gotta we gotta dive into that for a minute.
1: Well, I'm not much of a, a cursor. I've done banishing and warding and um binding but I've never cursed before. It feels really um good. Oh yeah, it felt good to do. But thinking of cursing somebody, it always seems so extreme where I was like, Well, I guess I'm not that passionate about something. But this person at work who um I won't go into too much detail about but there's a person at work was really fucking my shit up. (laughs) And, you know, that's my livelihood. And it's been going on for two years. And it reached a breaking point the week before Thanksgiving. And I was like, well, you guys heard me. I was so mad. I was like, this is done. This is it. It's happening. A curse.
2: She she was really upset. I was
1: really mad. I was like, I'm going to call on the angriest of goddesses. And, um, yeah, so did my curse what I ended. So just like to walk us through just real quick, because a lot of it was kind of spontaneous. I wrote my invocations and I wrote the curse, but then kind of just like loosely structured it. And so I decided to go with our triangle again that we talked about last time. And so I put a cord down in the shape of a triangle and I took my awesome, uh, staff that's made out of um, ash and it's got the springbok horn on it, yeah. and I turned the horn so that it was uh, down, kind of like I was cutting through Ooh. to the triangle, and I did our um, "I am the spindle, I am the thread, I am the black, the white, and the red." But it's obviously instead of saying we, I said I, and then for each corner, I invoked a goddess. I invoked um, Hecate. Durga and Sekhmet and um, asked them for help or like for strength and my Sekhmet one was awesome I asked her to devour him or this individual I asked him to her to devour this individual and um, then I did the old um, witch bottle thing so I got a uh, just a regular bottle it's not really a fancy bottle but I put um, vinegar in it and oil And I drew a picture of this uh, person's, like, true self, like this, like, uh, Krampus kind of evil spirit-looking dude. And I wrote this person's name, first name and last name, and I wrote it forwards and backwards. And I said their name forward and backwards when I was cursing them as well. And I put garlic in it, which was Blackbird's idea, uh, as an offering to Hecate. And I put my uh, cat hair from both of my cats in it as an offering to Durga, who lacks the tigers, and to Sekhmet, who was herself a tiger. A lion. A lion, yeah. and One um, of those cats. Yeah, a giant cat <laughs> and a devourer of men. <laughs> and, uh, a danger
0: mew. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dangerous kitty cat. And um, I also put uh, some of my own hair and, ice and saliva into it as well. And um, I said my curse and I shook it up and I was really angry. And then I went outside and I dug about a foot and a half to two feet down in my backyard. Wow,
0: that was ambitious. Yeah,
1: I know. I was really angry as I was digging. I believe And I kept like saying the curse as I was digging. And um, I put the bottle in there and I covered it up and then I felt really good.
2: That's that's Still amazing really good, yeah. well has anything
1: well i haven't this person i have i didn't see them uh so i was off that week because of uh, the thanksgiving break uh being a teacher has its perks but sure. um but this person i have seen them once and they spoke they said like two words to me and i have had like no i don't know if this is an effect of it but they have not talked to me or emailed me i haven't seen them they haven't like that might be good to me. yeah which is fine because i don't want to see them or talk to them or they are not fucking up their have anything sh- your shit to right do now. with them right yeah. now yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that sounds us. pretty
2: didn't something happen before when you were telling us about doing the curse though and you ended up mm. like covered in blood
1: oh it was wine but oh, like or
2: wine whatever
1: because well, i was trying to find the right time to do the curse right because um my dude friend my husband is not like totally comfortable with it
2: like he may not want to watch you actively it's not
1: like a huge house so it would be kind of weird if i was just (laughs) he's like (laughs) hanging out on the couch and i'm just over there cursing somebody so i was waiting for a good time and a a good time to like be outside digging because it's um and I was writing. Uh, it was when I decided to do the curse, and I was writing the invocations to the three goddesses. And I was thinking really hard about how, like, how angry I was, and maybe I, like, inadvertently invoked them through my powerful thinking and, like, just my anger. But um, I was in one room of my house, and I was about to walk to the other, and I had a stemless glass of wine in my hand because I was like, "Fuck this day! I'm having a glass of wine." and I was like walking through the doorway and I don't know what I I tripped on but I must have there was nothing there I must have just tripped over my own feet or something but I fell straight down and I had this wine glass in my hand and I just fell straight down and my hand hit the ground with the wine glass and it didn't break somehow but the wine just went everywhere and I was covered in it and um, I hurt my elbow and I hurt my knee and I hurt my wrist and wine was everywhere. And on it was the all walls. it was on the walls. It looked like I would murdered somebody like it was all over my face. The
2: power it of was, thinking about curses. It
1: was all over me. And then my two cats just came up and started drinking the wine. Nice. And I was like, let's party on the floor now. They know what's up. And I they was like, like, also, that's not good for you. You need to stop drinking that.
0: Yeah, they're like, Sekmet and Durga said it was okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They and, gave uh, me permission. Well, yeah, so the two cats are there and in the doorway, like I was in the doorway, half of my body was in run one room and half was in the other room.
0: Oh, oh very symbolic. Like a, yeah, yeah, right?
1: And I, when, as it, when it happened, I, despite how angry I was, like normally something like that I think would make me angrier, but I fell and I was just like, well, that's what needed to happen. You've gotten my wine. I've sacrificed my elbow and my wrist for this as much as I, I can. Guess and we're doing so, this. Guess we're doing this, guys. That's wow. that. <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. First curse story. I'm pretty excited about
2: it. It inspires me to, to have to curse somebody (laughs) at some point. (laughs) (laughs) I got to find
0: somebody. I'm sure there's plenty. Like
1: somebody pissed me off. So I can curse you. Well,
0: one of the things I was thinking about just now was the, the idea of, of the, the colloquial cursing someone, like telling them to like, eat shit and die Mm -hmm. or, you know, go fuck themselves sideways with a chainsaw or something. But, um, but that's where that term came from cursing Mm -hmm. someone and and curse words are a form of magic. So, Oh yeah. um, Words are powerful. So, yeah. So as far as your curse being like really visceral and just like gut reaction and, and just kind of flowing from you, I mean that that's really powerful magic. I think especially for something like cursing, um, and also banishing things like that. Anger can be a pretty good fuel. Um, mm. I think we talked about this before. I mean, it's not good to hold on to that anger. Um, cause it kind of drains your energy, but, but, but it, it is your power. But don't, yeah, don't it, be afraid it, of anger. And it's like, it's, I mean, it's like lighting a match, you know, like you're, you're trying to create some explosive magic. So, huh. so using, using curse words is totally appropriate. It doesn't have to be poetry when you're cursing somebody.
1: No. Oh, uh, speaking of curses, when I was taking uh, Latin in high school, we got to translate some uh, old school curses that they had found in like Roman homes and stuff. And they were gnarly. Like, yeah. They'd just be cursing penises and like eyeballs and tongues. Yeah, they were not fucking like, around. Like you just, go, they just, uh, most of them were just lists of every part of a human <laughs> yeah. and just like giving the list to a certain, like given that, like, like his, make give this his penis happen to, to this. a certain, yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, People don't fuck around with that shit.
0: And of course, most of those were um, invoking Hecate. So we have a pretty elaborate historical record of people invoking Hecate to curse some shit. Yeah.
1: When I was writing the invocation to Hecate, I found this uh, translation of an uh, invocation to her that was, I don't remember how old it was, but it was ancient. And it was um, urgently in Greece, Greek, and it was gnarly. I can't remember any of it, so I won't even try. But it was gnarly.
0: Good story, bro.
1: Yeah, we'll I'll find it later. We should talk about
2: that in a future episode.
1: Yeah,
0: we should do a whole cursing people.
2: Oh, we should. You'd think this was it, but You'd you this is <be so> wrong. <laughs> hey,
1: this wasn't our segue. It's a little taste. <laughs> no,
2: yeah. I don't know if we can if we can actively segue from mm. cursing into the topic, but. Uh,
1: Herbalism. I like flowers and <laughs> plants. I thought like trees. Oh, trees are a
2: kind of <laughs> They're Dumbass. in the
1: family,
0: asshole. Good.
2: Yes, they all make me feel special. <laughs> Let's not start on this again. <laughs> Lily
1: thinks
0: she's funny, but she's not. <laughs> she's actually cracking herself up. I, I know, think you're funny. This is
1: what I remember. The uh, trees. Yeah. Just, oh, I knew.
2: We'd get around to that. I knew. I knew. Well, you're wearing
0: a, a bright green onesie, so you better be it's careful because you look kind of like a tree.
2: Uh-oh. Yeah. Be careful. Do you feel
0: special about
1: There might Me? be touching... <laughs>
0: Did you like getting touched earlier?
2: Well, you're well, really going to like it now.
1: I, 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 I bet I am, yeah. I, be, I bet you will. <laughs> to oh, Isengard.
2: Right. Wow. <laughs> this is happening.
0: <sighs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I just want to start out by just throwing this out there. Like, how important is herbalism or wart cunning or whatever you want to, uh, tree whiffery? whatever you want to call it um, is how fundamental is that to the craft of the witch? Is it sort of a speciality or is it something that's kind of a uh, foundational practice or do you think that that sort of is part of the definition of witchcraft or not?
1: Well, I think uh, there was a time when I would have said no, but As, at least for me, as I have uh, grown in my craft, unintentionally, um, herbs and plants and herbalism and root work have become uh, really important to it in a way that I did not expect or intend, because I, I do not have a green thumb. I kill most things, like I'm not really big on, I don't really cook very often. I'm not, uh, I don't garden or anything like that, but just kind of unintentionally it ended up becoming important.
2: Yeah. I think, um, I think because I do cook so much, I take it almost for granted, but I, but it's not, it's like ingrained. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? I mean, um, the use of, so I think it's just now coming more in the forefront to me, how i use it like it's not just for flavor you know
0: (laughs) Mm, tasty magic Mm. so tasty yeah i would say i mean in my practice i haven't really focused on it but i would say academically that yeah i would probably argue that root work is historically a, a significant part of witchcraft um And just the process of cooking or harvesting anything is, is a process of transforming one thing into another form or Mm -hmm. another purpose. Um, you know, there's actual chemical processes that are taking place. So, um, just in kind of a, a figurative way, there's an alchemy or a magical operation going on. Anytime you're, you're cooking something or harvesting something, but just historically, you know, um, Cunning women or healers or um, witch doctors or sorceresses of any kind would typically have been doing something um, with with herbs Mm -hmm. um, in a medicinal or magical way. So um, and I agree with Lily. I I think that for a long time I sort of purposely sidestepped that sort of granola hippy dippy like Earth (laughs) Mama kind of thing. And, um, didn't really have an active sort of nature practice. And part of that's because, you know, I wasn't, I was living in an apartment, didn't have a yard or whatever. But, um, so that's obviously changed cause now I have a, a yard, but, um, I think also just b- completely by accident I've, I've happened upon, um, more, I've been drawn to do more things that involve, uh, herbalism and I think like Blackbird was saying also um, things that I normally would have just considered mundane or like just cooking or weeding or whatever have taken on a spiritual significance. Whereas um, previously I would have just been like, oh, this is a chore, you know, so. Um,
2: right. Or like this is just a thing that I have and I'm going to put it in this other thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Um,
2: well, the. uh you know the the ancients, <laughs> like the Greeks and whatnot. I mean, they they believed that uh, everything is nurtured and healed by everything that is already here on Earth. Mm. So, like Mother Nature is a healing goddess. Everything uh, everything is found in the in the biosphere that is actually needed for healing and for medicine. It's only recently that we're fascinated with like chemical. Uh, drugs and antibiotics and whatnot. Mm-hmm.
0: Although a lot of those are, are derived from natural yes. sources yeah. and then right. synthesized or reproduced artificially. But, um, you know, I think people are, are always looking for that miracle cure in the rainforest somewhere or, or discover, isolating some kind of chemical from a plant source and that has a, a brand new medicinal application. Right. I I would say that a lot of, uh, chemists or, um, doctors, have that belief that somewhere out there buried in the rainforest or um, somewhere there, there are plant compounds that will directly cure specific ailments. We just haven't discovered them yet. So that seems to be a fairly common belief and really isn't any different than what you were saying about ancient belief that we're uh, instead of thinking of it in terms of a biosphere, or um, a closed system uh, in a biological sense, just the idea of, like, Mother Earth, everything is is right. connected through that. So. so, yeah, same idea, different terminology.
1: Have you right. guys read Clan of the Cave Bear? Not. In, I, did, I don't think I made it
2: through the whole thing. Uh,
1: well, the first book, uh, Clan of the Cave Bear, is really good, but um, the author goes super in-depth about all different, like, plants and herbs and their uses because the main character is basically a medicine woman and so the first book she's young and she's like training to be a medicine woman um by the uh medicine woman of this clan but um of neanderthals but it is awesome and it was really insightful for me while reading it about all of these different plants and herbs and things that i would have just never thought about but right It was pretty cool. I highly recommend it. You don't have to read the rest of the books, just the first one. There's, like, five or six.
0: Homework for later. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would
2: love to read it. (coughs) And I think that's, like, that's a thing that has, you know, been in existence for thousands and thousands of years. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, not just, you know, wise women that are also clearly the healers of a clan or of a group of Mm -hmm. people that, um have used herbs for centuries, really.
0: Well, I, or millennia. Millennia, longer than
2: that.
1: um,
0: that. I watched a really amazing documentary. I think it's still on Netflix um, called Decoding the Neanderthals. Mm -hmm. And it was actually about, um, so Neanderthals evolved about, what was it, 400,000 years ago and went extinct 40,000 years ago. But um, they have evidence going back to about, 150,000 years ago to 200,000 years ago that they were processing birch tar, which is, I don't know if you've ever processed birch tar. I mean, not recently. But uh, (laughs) tell me about it. It's fucking hard. Um, You have to take uh, the thin strips of birch that are kind of like paper and roll them up. And then um, you don't actually burn it. You want to vaporize it. And, um, and then it'll turn into a vapor and then condense back down and the precipitate will be the tar. So what you have to do, and these scientists in this show recreate it um, to show you how difficult it is, um, you have to create some kind of like kiln-like or heating chamber in, in the ground and get it hot enough that it's going to vaporize the... The birch, but not burn it, and then you have to have some kind of collection device to collect. So anyway, it's this big, long, involved process. And so so exact too. I mean, like you yeah, know, for you know, I mean, those it's, times, it's deep chemistry. I mean, yeah, if yeah. you asked me how to make birch tar, I wouldn't fucking know. But hell, no. but it's it's what I'm saying is it's multiple steps and right. and it's a lot of thinking ahead of and obviously a lot of trial and error and like kind of chemical knowledge. You know, to know that 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 this a product is somehow locked inside this botanical and that a multi-step process is needed to, to convert it. And so anyway, they use the birch tar for a variety of things, mostly as like an adhesive um, and that kind of stuff. But what was in the documentary, their point was that um, they were disputing the stereotype that Neanderthals were kind of dumb cavemen and, and didn't have a language or whatever. And, yeah. and their point was that... Um, this obviously indicates a a very deep level of of planning and, and, uh, and language use and things like that. But to me, what was significant was this idea because birch is in a lot of lore all over, um, Mm -hmm. all over the world where they're, um, temperate forests. So, um, the idea that a multi, I mean, it's, it's an industrial process in, in the literal definition of such. So that, people have been processing plants for hundreds of thousands of years, years. like kind of blows my mind because the advent of agriculture is only 12,000 years old because the Neolithic revolution started about 10,000 BC. So that's crazy. You know, like we tend to think of people just like being hunter gatherers, but um, it goes way back. So, That kind of blew my mind. Kind of a tangent, but you no, said but Neanderthals earlier, so here we all are. Thanks a lot, Lily. Kind of amazing, though. All when my you think fault. About it. Watch the documentary. It's lots of fun. Yeah, I will.
1: It's pretty short, too. I watched it. I will watch it. Mm-hmm. It's nice. So I don't think that I'm very good at uh, raising plants and stuff like that. And at first, it made me feel really... Like I was a bad witch. Aww. Yeah, yeah. Don't have the green no. thumb. Not witchy enough. Did you guys feel like that?
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like that. The and I used to always joke like um, when people would be talking about the gardens, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm I'm not that kind of a witch, <laughs> you know." To but if I if I have a plant that dies, I'm like, "Oh, I killed it." Yeah, I feel oh, bad. I'm a bad witch. Although if I have plants that are thriving, I'm like, "Yeah, I leveled up." <laughs>
2: uh. I have always grown stuff like forever, as long as I can, you know, I mean, I I think it kind of runs on my dad's side of the family. My grandfather had like crazy backyard garden. My dad was really great with growing stuff. And I just have, you know, always tried to grow something, whether I lived in an apartment or lived in a house or whatever, I'd always have plants like on the porch or, you know, tomato plants or some kind of vegetable and always always herbs um <clears throat> it's getting really frosty right now so it's like time to bring them inside mm-hmm. but um because i have a basil plant that's dying right now because it's like please help me <laughs> my leaves are black now but um yeah is that d- its voice <laughs> yes <laughs> that is its voice i have given it no i think it's and and you know what things die on me too it's Mm -hmm. not like it's i don't think it makes you good or bad or anything it just makes you like the climate. you know it's like climate water you know all these things factor into how you take care of them and Mm -hmm. and sometimes dude there's just like sometimes you don't so and also the weather can kill
1: (sighs) the summer weather here in north texas is killer
2: brutal yeah, it's hard to keep shit alive anywhere.
1: It's hard to keep people alive. True. <laughs> like True. in the summer.
2: Yeah. But um, don't feel like you're bad, which because you're not.
0: I mean, you might be, but not because of that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would say, you know, I would think like the h- one of the hardiest things to grow, at least has always been for me, is mint. And there are so many. We'll get into uses for things in a minute. Mm, kill like my mint. You really? You killed mint? Yeah, it
0: needs so much water.
1: Oh, I killed it. Man. Uh, you know what loves me? What loves you? Oregano.
0: Well, that's because you've got that Italian yeah. blood. Yeah.
1: Oregano and me get along.
0: It's good. It's good.
2: Look, if you can grow one thing, just grow just it. Just
1: grow tons of that. Yeah,
2: just grow the shit out of that. It's
1: become the best oregano grower yeah. in all the lands.
2: <laughs> I mean, oregano or what have you. Yeah. Do well, at first
1: I was pretty disappointed. I was like, oh, oregano, that's kind of boring. No, so many good and things. And then later yeah. I was like, oregano, you're the best herb.
0: Yeah, oregano is really great. Yeah, um, they've had some studies of like uh, really crazy medicinal properties that yes. oregano oil has. Yes, so many things. Um, do you
2: guys feel like a difference in maybe, you know, using it in a spiritual practice between whether you grow it or buy it in a store or what kind it is in the Mm -hmm. store when you buy it you do
1: well i do yeah like the oregano that i grow versus the (laughs) oregano that i buy i i feel a difference yeah in it and now i feel like i have this relationship with my oregano plant right and i so yeah because i'll be like my oregano is unhappy i need to help it and my husband's like the oregano is not talking to you stop you don't, you pretending. don't know the oregano is talking to me i'm like it is talking to me uh when i first started growing uh plants that was in the apartment mm-hmm. and um, now i have a house and they grow outside but i was putting them in these little tiny pots and i'd sometimes i'd be like oh they feel lonely so i would carry them around like a like a baby like <laughs> on my hip and i would sing to them and then my husband would come home and i would be like holding and singing to this plant and he's like the fuck is going on in <laughs> oh this, well in this place what would you sing to them uh, i sing uh like little folk songs like when i was single my shoes did squeak now I am married. My shoes, they do leak. Oh, I wish I was a single girl again. Oh, Lord. That might be I why I your husband's looking <laughs> <at> you, fucking <laughs> it weird. It might not be because
0: you're singing to a plant. It's so that, a plant. that song. That wasn't
1: it great when we were single, little oregano? <laughs>
2: exactly. No, I you love you. You might being be married.
0: worried. It's great. <laughs> oh, that's good. And I like your song. Um, I subscribed to the Mythbusters School of Plant Parenting. They determined that it was the the old experiment of uh, talking to your plants. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember this one. That is supposed to be good for them and also classical music. So they did um, talking and uh, a control where no no talking and then uh, yelling or being disparaging (laughs) to the plant. And then they did classical music and a control with no music, and then as the opposite of that they did heavy metal. And the heavy metal plants yeah. did the best of all the plants. That's right. They like the so, heavy metal. Which uh I'm totally down with. So <laughs> Yeah. So pretty much you just put
2: like your phone on Pandora right yeah. by them on mm-hmm. the Metallica station and not Metallica. Well I know. I was just throwing it out there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, oh
0: not related to that. I just downloaded this awesome Mongolian folk metal. Oh, my God. That sounds
2: awesome. It's
0: it's amazing. Okay. Anyway, I like that. It's really good. I would I would definitely belly dance to it and blow some (laughs) minds. What are your
2: heavy metal plants uh, that you are growing now? My heavy
0: metal, my heavy metal indoor plants are um a whole horde of orchids i'm kind of yes. addicted to them um
1: i kill those can't keep They're. Those alive. they're
2: i haven't tried
0: yet they're okay if you get a healthy one they, they usually are pretty good the trick is to not over water them but um i recently repotted them and like trimmed their dead roots and i felt so responsible you guys <laughs> it's very responsible and you're such a good orchid mom i know. Which I'm sure this sounds hilarious to anyone that is an actual mom. Yeah. I'm like, you guys, I actually took care of the easiest thing to take care of. <laughs> Check it out. I don't know about easy. They seem very finicky. Mm, orchids, yeah. They're a little bit. Um, but uh, they do. I, I try to talk to them. It tends to be kind of, I feel like I'm giving them pep talks, which is <laughs> sort of patronizing. So I try not to do that. Um, and then I have a, um, a black cow lily and uh, her name is Salome. That's
1: and she's kind of
0: she's kind of in charge. Yeah, I, I was um, experimenting with uh, a journey to find a plant spirit familiar. And so Salome kind of nominated herself as the head of the indoor plants.
2: Nice. Wow.
0: And then my outdoor plants, I I love lavender. Lavender's like my go-to flavor for anything. Like, I make a badass lavender vodka you guys oh
1: that's true had it it so is good. it
0: is good but or lavender syrup which you can just put in whatever mm, also good uh, i
1: straight drank that from your refrigerator one time it's pretty tasty yeah, i just saw it and i didn't realize what it was i was like oh i'm just gonna try this and i was like this is so good and that's a you really good in.
0: plan <laughs> when you just go into someone's house <laughs> and you see an unlabeled bottle you should just drink uh, it out you should of just it. Drink oh, well,
1: it well this smells good yeah, I drank it. You came in and you were like, that's just lavender syrup. And I was like, this is great. Just start putting
2: <laughs> shit in your refrigerator that
0: says drink me on it and see I'll what happens. will probably
1: drink it or eat it. I
0: mean, yeah. Oh. Alice. So, yeah. But I I love lavender. Um, I have uh, a couple different kinds of mint now. Mm. And I've been going out. Um, So, something that's kind of been part of my daily practice now. Um, We've talked about this previously about kind of transitioning from... um doing kind of sporadic every once in a while, big holidays to sort of having a daily practice. And for me, that's uh first thing when I get up, my dog wants to be let out. So we go out in the backyard and I water the plants if they need it and, um, you know, uh, sit and have a cup of tea or whatever. And uh, so I've been uh, kind of trimming my, my mint plants as needed To help them um, sprout a little more. And then I've been mixing the fresh mint leaves in with my tea. And it's so delicious. It is really good. good. So to answer your question before Blackbird about do do herbs that are like not organic or from the store. um, I I don't know if I can claim that I really do feel or sense a difference. But I definitely am way more proud of myself. (laughs) When I'm like, (laughs) yeah, here's some tea, you guys. It's from my yard. I picked it. Or I make basil bread. I'm like, yeah, it's basil from my yard. It's fresh picked. I just picked it a second ago.
2: But I think it's more than that because <laughs> you don't. A you don't ever say it like that. Which <laughs> I kind of do. <laughs> well, you haven't said it like that to me. But I think it's. I, I think it's not just a sense of pride, but also like, just like anything you. Uh, we would make or you know craft together or something. You know, it's something that comes from. Um a sense of having something to do with it, I guess. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
0: And a sense of responsibility right. to it because, you know, to say that you got it that far that you could harvest it meant that you, you were taking good care of
2: I it. I mean, beforehand. even if you bought it and you stuck it in some dirt, you know, the fact that it's still alive is, is a thing. <laughs> oh, that's
1: what I did to everything. I didn't grow anything. From right. Seed. No. <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't grow things from seed either.
1: Tried, or failed, done haven't. with that.
0: I think I did that one time. I, I planted some poppies oh. just uh, yeah. because it started getting cold and this is when they grow. So Ooh. we'll see. We'll see how they go. Um, I have them in like little seed beds Ooh. in an old egg carton outside. I want do that. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, that's a whole other topic about... Um, it, is it legal or illegal to grow poppies? Um, but we're going to go with legal. <laughs> yeah. um, if you are not processing processing did them you into opium.
2: The, did you buy the seeds at the store? Um, I bought them <laughs> the from store?
0: a... No, I bought them from like a witchy seed place because okay. they had some um, ornamental varieties that right. I was looking for that were like fancy, like fluffy purple ones and whatnot. Ooh. But um, apparently... And I don't know how... Well, I don't know how true this is. But I read somewhere that the the poppy seeds that you can get in the spice section. I had always heard or assumed that they w- would not grow, that they had either been heated or treated or something like that, but I had never tried to disperse them in my yard. So I've, I've read conflicting sources that that works or does not work. So mm. huh. so go try it. See yeah, what just happens. Just yeah. some
1: poppy seeds in the backyard. See what Do happens. it
0: up. I don't know. I've never,
2: I've never tried. So something to think about.
1: Well, and speaking of backyards, I feel more in tune with my backyard. Mm. (laughs) No, but like I feel uh, special when I go around certain trees. And I forgot what I was going to say. I got so distracted (laughs) by thinking about you, Blackbird.
2: Way to go. (laughs) I have served (laughs) my purpose. I
1: feel um, when I go outside and I just like sit in my backyard. And I live in the suburbs, so I don't like have a, a special like wild backyard. We can't all be cool. But um, now I find myself looking at like the weeds and thing like th- everything that's not grass and wondering like what it is. And now I'm like always on the Google trying to figure out what these weeds are. And oh, can we I should do a field trip them? in my
2: backyard because
0: it is overgrown like a <laughs> motherfucker. There's probably all kinds of cool shit back there.
1: I bet. Yeah. yeah let's well, do it. Yeah, Lily I, and
0: I had a witchy moment. We were leaving um, the Smashing Pumpkin oh, concert yeah. and there was some kind of like ornamental tree in the parking lot. And we both were like, I wonder what
1: kind of tree
0: that is. You're know, like, oh. is it
1: native? <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: and we were totally like, we just totally witched out on that. Like, because <laughs> two years ago, I would have been like, oh, a tree. Let's
1: yeah. Like, I find myself noticing trees now. And I'm like, even asking people like, oh, what's that tree in your yard? And they're like, I, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, I'm really curious. That it's not a tree that I recognize. Not that I have a great knowledge of trees, unlike Blackbird. but I like don't really <laughs> have that. Stop <laughs> it. I'm sorry. I'm giving you it's a lot okay. of shit about it. No, no, it's but, um right.
2: I know how you feel about trees,
0: man.
1: And I don't even, and I'm not even the kind of person who feels like called to root work mm. or anything like that. Like uh, some folks are. And I feel this newfound connection. Maybe it's getting
2: more important. To, I mean, it's definitely getting more important to me, I think. Mm. Uh, like you said, I would not have noticed a lot of shit two years ago or four years ago. So, okay, so let's talk about the stuff we use. Scarlett, why don't you talk about
0: some of your... Well, I talked about you lavender. You talked about lavender, yep. But um, a lot of the things I use, um, I cook a lot, so um, I make a lot of infused uh, liqueurs and syrups and uh, um, teas, but also I use a lot of herbs in baking and cooking And I make uh, smudge bundles. So pretty much Mm -hmm. anything. And they're beautiful. Yeah. Anything that's tasty usually smells good when you burn it. Mm -hmm. And if Mm -hmm. you're not sure, you can just burn it and find out. Because I did that one day. I got all the dried herbs and um, fresh herbs out of my yard and uh, burned them and see which ones smell good. Nice. So um, That's a really easy way to find out if it smells good or not. And, um, rose, I like rose a lot, um, as a flavoring, um, I made a a rose and honey pie recently that was real unusual and kind of medieval tasting. Um, I like rose tea, rose syrup, so, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of sweet and savory flavorings, I do a lot of cooking with that, and, um... But uh, my favorite kind of like witchy practice one is I love absinthe because I'm goth as fuck. Like
2: <laughs> she's real into absinthe. I could give a whole podcast about absinthe. I, we should. We should. Well, we it would just be you. Teach a
1: college level class. I could talk
2: about how I used to love it.
0: Here, I, I can just talk yeah. about it now. We can cut it out and make something <laughs> later. All right. So um, how did you get involved with absinthe? How did I get involved with it? <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: it, a party. it is a gateway.
0: Long ago.
1: Absinthe, the gateway to witchcraft?
0: Sure. Long ago when, when Scarlet was a, a small gothling. Um, Absinthe uh, just has such a storied history with artists that I admire, writers that I admire, um, featured prominently in the Perfect Drug video by Nine Inch Nails, which is amazing. Um, uh, just had a lot of taboo lore. It's the only liquor that was federally banned in the United States. Um, Everything else is banned by state, you know, like making moonshine or whatever. Um, And of course it was banned outright in lots of European countries around the turn of the century, um, partially as a scapegoat because there were a lot of temperance movements. Um, We had prohibition here in the United States, but it was uh, a movement all over Europe as well. And um, some people decided to kind of throw absinthe under the bus Uh, To kind of be like, oh, well, it's not that all alcohol is bad. It's this one alcohol that all these like bohemian artists and stuff are into. Um, So that kind of it being forbidden um, definitely adds to the mystique of it. Um, So just to backtrack, um, absinthe is a herbal liqueur um, that started off as like sort of a medicinal um, aperitif. Um, The oldest recipes that we have kind of go back to the late 1700s but um it didn't really become super popular until the the 19th century um towards the end of it when you had um soldiers moving in and out of France um and you had the cafe culture and it became really popular with sort of um artists, poets, um writers and so forth but part of the appeal is uh, the ritual involved so um, wormwood is, uh, like I said, an herbal liqueur. The main ingredients are wormwood, um, which is a mild entheogen and anise, which is the licorice flavor. Um, and then a, um, a variety of other herbs that kind of are sort of specific to certain recipes and stuff. So Melissa, fennel, um, lemongrass, uh, hyssop. All, all kinds of different um, sort of French country herbs and whatnot. So um, it's also p- extremely alcoholic. It usually is uh, around it's 68 proof. So uh, the high end would be about 72, which is extremely alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Lowest would be 56, which is still very high. So um, the ritual involved with it is you have a dose or like a shot of it in a glass and you balance a slotted spoon with a sugar cube. And you slowly drip ice water onto the cube so that it dissolves. And as it does so, it changes the uh, concentration of botanicals suspended in the alcohol. So it goes from being clear green to a milky, opalescent, light jade color. And that's called a louche. And uh, it's, it's prominently featured in a lot of art about absinthe That's kind of this metaphor of First things are clear and then they get a little (laughs) cloudy. Um, And of course the myth around absinthe is that it's hallucinogenic, which is not particularly true. Um, It is very alcoholic, so it will cause you to have blurred vision if you (laughs) imbibe of it uh, excessively. But wormwood's always been associated with witchcraft. And um, the Latin name is Artemisia. So it's associated with the moon, Artemis it goes way, way back. Um, it's bitter. So it's, uh, in terms of medicinal use, it's, uh, usually, um, associated with, uh, purifying the blood, um, soothing the stomach, warding off intestinal parasites and things like that. Delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, so whether or not you have experienced hallucinogenic, uh, um, episodes from absinthe, Uh, Most people agree that it tends to be a really lucid drunk. There is, in fact, a a brand of of absinthe called lucid. Do not drink it. It is super disgusting. (laughs) But, but yeah, as opposed to sort of like a a warm, fuzzy wine drunk or like a woo tequila drunk, people that are buzzed on absinthe tend to feel um, very inspired and feel like they're thinking very clearly and feel very artistic. So, yeah, but um, so... Having a, a few sips of absinthe before a ritual or before writing or journeying or something, um, sometimes is, has been, had, had, uh, interesting effects for me. I usually would not recommend using any kind of entheogen, uh, every time you try to do some kind of magical practice just because you want to know if you can do it with or without it, but, um, but yeah, it's one of my favorites and it's obviously, it's a lot easier to get a hold of nowadays than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it is now legal in Europe and legal to import into the United States. There's actually several distilleries that make it in the United States. Most of them are not good, but. <laughs> you know more
2: about absinthe than anyone I've ever
0: met. That's probably accurate. Yes,
2: it is. That's definitely accurate for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Unless I know a secret Absinthe expert who's just not revealed their I knowledge know. to me. Yet, I know. wanted to
2: buy you a fancy carrying case for all your absinthe at one point, but I couldn't find anything that was attractive. Yeah. You know, so you could carry it to parties.
0: Yeah, with my fountain and my yeah. spoon. It would be a very large
2: box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like very your mom. A hey! Oh! She's actually. She's, is she 80. 80? She actually she just turned 80. <laughs> so that's awesome. Ooh, let's talk. We can all talk about which sauce.
1: Oh, the witch but, sauce? but
2: it was scar scarlet originated, which sauce. Tell us your original <laughs> recipe.
0: So which sauce is actually just mold wine, mm, um, which yeah, we so had good. for a party or something, I guess a year ago or a year before last. I, I came home from work and you know, like when you feel like you're getting the flu and it's just like, you feel like you just got hit by a car. Like it just comes on you like really suddenly. And I went from being fine to feeling like all my uh, joints were achy. I had a fever. Like, you know, my sinuses felt like all congested and pressured and my throat hurt and I was getting a headache and all this business that just like hit me real hard within the span of like 30 minutes. and, And I was running a fever, which I run below normal. So that's very unusual for me. But while I was being like, oh, shit, here it comes, was craving this mold wine, which is really weird because I don't normally just like hang out at my house like craving alcohol. <laughs> and so, um I was like, well, if I'm craving it, there must be something in it that my body needs. So, um after trying to convince my husband to go get me a bottle of wine, <laughs> and he was like, "No, I'll, I'll go get you medicine." I was like, "It is medicine. It's witch medicine." <laughs> So what it is, is it's, uh, red wine, apple cider, uh, oranges or orange juice in a pinch. Um, honey, uh, local honey is the best, um, cinnamon and cloves and you just steep it all together and drink it hot. And, uh, so I made some, I had like a cup and a half and then I went to sleep and I woke up and I was healed. I was all better. Magically, I didn't have a fever, all of it. And I was convinced I was getting the flu. So, um, so now that's my go-to, um, uh, recipe for anyone that's like getting a sore throat or starting to feel sick or whatever. And, um, I looked into it and of course, most of those ingredients actually do help with, um, sickness. Obviously the alcohol is disinfecting and wine itself has, has antioxidants and stuff in it. And, um, Apples, apple a day keeps the doctor away. Mm -hmm. Um, Oranges have vitamin C. Very good for you. Um, Honey is antimicrobial and um, soothes uh, raw or irritated skin like your sore throat. And um, it also um, soothes allergies. Um, And then cinnamon uh, boosts metabolism and is also antimicrobial and antifungal. And clove is a topical analgesic. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a filling, but sometimes they put a clove oil on your tooth and it will, will numb it. And so that's like a real thing that dentists use is clove oil. So if you're having a sore throat, um, it will help with that. And it's also antimicrobial antifungal. And, uh, is that all the ingredients? Yeah, that's it. I
2: put so much more in mine now. Well, so I don't, uh, drink alcohol anymore. So I asked, uh scarlet what what can i do instead of the alcohol cuz i need it so bad i mean it really 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 works um so what i've started making is you, using mostly apple cider and then oranges like studded with cloves cinnamon stick um maybe maybe a little i know it doesn't taste great but a little turmeric in there and some ginger and then Oh, ginger's awesome. I will also use uh apple cider vinegar and balsamic vinegar. Mm. And when I am like getting sick, if I'm like already congested, that is so good. Like I there's probably so much vinegar in there that no one else could probably stand it. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's vinegary. But it seems to really it makes me feel better instantly. Not like I'm magically well instantly, but it it really helps my throat and yeah. then all
0: the other stuff that she mentioned.
2: Yeah. It goes in there
0: and vinegar is disinfecting too. I mean, mm-hmm. vinegar is right. like a go to hel- like non-toxic household cleaner for like yeah. freaking oh. everything. So, yep. Yeah. Which sauce is pretty
2: amazing.
1: Apple cider vinegar kills ringworm.
2: Great. Yeah, well, yeah, so you know, two things at once. <laughs> Good. Have you made have you made your own? Have you made the witch sauce? Witch sauce.
1: I basically make a uh, Scarlett's recipe, yeah. yeah, the mulled wine. Yeah. I, mostly wine, I'll admit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. Yeah. So tasty. I recommend everyone make their own version of witch sauce and uh and use it for your medicinal purposes.
1: So what about you Blackbird? What Ooh. are your go-to herbs? Let's
2: talk about it. Uh I use Well, I'm going to like maybe go on a little bit of a tangent about essential oils (laughs) because I am a big fan and I only recently discovered, um, well, I mean, I knew they existed, but I didn't really (laughs) use them until May. I met a lady who was super into them and, and I kind of got hooked. So. Gateway drug. Yeah, <laughs> I was so, yeah. Behind a building, peddling her
1: essential oils. Yes. <laughs> Give <laughs> me that sandalwood. <laughs>
2: well, and I mean, if you've ever like Eat gone some to the, Age. it's true. If you've ever gone to the grocery store or whatever, or even Whole Foods, I mean, uh, there's a difference in quality depending on price, and I know um, I know this is true. So be careful if you're out there looking for p- possible essential oils, just like. Sometimes you can smell the chemicals in some of them, so shy away from those is, is what my advice would be. And try to look for something that is, you know, really uh, high grade. Because there are different grades of essential oils. I wish I could talk to you more about this. In a <laughs> I mean, it's all right. Just, just know that you get what you pay for. That's a fact. But I use lavender oil the time especially for sleeping I have a diffuser and I put about four drops in with some water every night and I mean it works like a charm it really really works and you can also use it for um, so many other things uh, you can take it internally for headaches and indigestion and you can also use it for uh, externally for skin ailments so you can use it a lot of different ways, and you can also you know you can use the actual herb this way to like grind it into a tincture tincture I can't say that word tincture right. tincture I like saying that though you can do uh lavender's amazing, and um oh, i use i use a lot of it I want to grow it, but I have not done that yet.
0: I always kill lavender. Is it easy? Have you grown it? How no. Well, the part of the problem is it dies back um, right. in the winter. So you think you've killed it and you didn't. Oh, it'll come back though. Yeah, usually. Um, and it, it doesn't like to get too much water. Oh. My lavender so was for get, real dope. If it gets waterlogged then. What about it hot? No. doesn't, it doesn't like mi- It doesn't mind hot. Really? No. Nope. All right. Oh,
2: that's something it just keep doesn't want to get
0: waterlogged. So it's got to be well drained. Mm. Same with the uh, rosemary. Yeah. Mm. Rosemary does better in the ground than in a pot. I'm having some trouble with my rosemary right now. If you put it in the ground, it'll grow into a tree.
2: You know what? I'll just do
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm fucking telling you. I think that's what you just told me. Yeah, I just did.
2: Shit. All right. (laughs) I will. Uh, Speaking of rosemary, I also use rosemary. Oh, hey. But I I really, you know, it's funny that you say that because I always notice people's giant rosemary bushes like, Hanging out by their house, but Rosemary I loves Texas. But I haven't noticed that it's it's usually in the ground. Mm-hmm. When I see that, it's not in a big pot. Like I'm trying to grow mine in right now. So. You know,
1: there's an old. English folktale that rosemary can only grow in a house where the woman is in charge. Whoa, oh, shit. Oh. Uh, Damn no, it. My rosemary's great.
2: <laughs> nice. Well, so is mine. Yeah, so it's a woman's herb. Fuck. Maybe it's. I've had lots of success in the past. Maybe <laughs> something's just happening right now.
0: Well, Turtle Bear, you're on notice. <laughs> uh, seriously. He doesn't even listen. <laughs>
2: he might listen. He'll listen to this one. <laughs> He'll listen. Oh, he'll listen. <laughs> all right. Uh, I use it in tea, and I use a shit ton of it in cooking. And it also makes great. Uh, it's great in smudge sticks for cleansing. Oh, it smells so good when you burn so it. Oh, yeah, so good. Uh,
1: it smells so good just to put it on your hands and smell your hands. That's, it's is that, that weird? Is Can anybody else do that? I'm going to... touch gonna, your plants and then I'm smell gonna your hands. I'm going to say that in a
2: minute, or at least I'm going to talk about that at some point today. <laughs> um, I touch my plants all the time. <laughs> <laughs> There's the touching. That's a, the theme right. of this episode. When I think about episode. you, I touch my plants. <laughs> I like that. I'm... I have the also I have it okay so I have a diffuser at work and at home because I'm crazy like that and I like to freak out my coworkers. (laughs) I'm in my own office so they can suck my Uh, dick. Yeah it doesn't.
1: But (laughs) and they do routinely. No, they
2: really no. They actually always come in and are like, what's that smell? I'm like, yeah, it's the smell of awesome
1: power. What it is? <laughs> it's the smell of my witchcraft. <laughs> exactly. That's Back exactly up.
2: what I say. <laughs> even though we discussed that in <laughs> an should, earlier episode yeah. about how I no, I wish you could say that. I wish I could too. Um, but I have the rosemary oil currently at work and have been using it at work um, in the diffuser because it, it's supposed to help with focus and clarity and uh, just thought processes. The ancient greeks like the scholars when they were being tested or have an exam they would wear like a wreath of it around their head to help them that is the thing
0: i should totally do that not that i take tests anymore (laughs) (laughs) but you you i would (laughs) find a test to take motherfuckers (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and wear your like i got got rosemary i'm
2: ready to go back the (laughs) fuck off yeah um and then, oh, and cinnamon, cinnamon, which we have already discussed. Cinnamon is literally good on everything. Mm, it really That's is.
0: Because okay, it's good on bread. Yep. It's good with chocolate. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's good on meat. Yep. Not that I eat the meats, but it's good. Um, it's it. So those are the major food groups that I or and, and peanut butter. <laughs> meat, <laughs> chocolate, peanut butter, bread. Yeah vegetables you've covered them all. vegetables yeah, yeah so if it's good on all those things it's good on everything
2: yeah it's really and it's good for you uh it also has uh, like she was saying earlier antimicrobial helps with sore throats um sometimes so i'll put like a spoonful of local honey and it, this is when i have sore throat local honey and then put a like a maybe not a teaspoon like half a teaspoon of cinnamon on that um, and then some lemon essential oil, and mix it up, and then eat it. It's delicious. That sounds great. It's really fucking good. And It makes like a. It's almost like a paste, and you
0: just
2: mm, it, just it, put it in your mouth. Put it in your mouth, and it and it helps you. <laughs> it does.
0: I've heard that before. It
2: Helps so much to put it. Just put it right in your mouth. It does. Um, we give good advice,
0: you guys. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fucking We're so great. Word, words to live by. <laughs>
2: Cinnamon also helps with digestion issues and abdominal pain. So cramps, ladies. Eat something with cinnamon on it.
1: Oh, I get those. Do you? I, I get cramps.
2: Well, and then we talked about mint already. Mm-hmm. I use it in tea. I use it. For cooking purposes and in mojitos. Oh, you don't drink mojitos. I w- uh, I loved a mojito. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. There are, there are lots of things that I miss greatly, but you can do a non-alcoholic version. It's mm-hmm. true, and it is.
0: You can have more, cause then you can, yeah, you can have I as know. much as you want. You don't have to worry. Well, about
2: I mean, you can have as much as you want, but you know, sugar. So <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> oh
1: well, yeah. oh, I mean, whatever.
2: <laughs> but the mojitos are delicious, and mint is wonderful. And I like to muddle things. Uh, that's a, that's mint a thing. julep.
1: We can all go to the races. You know, I had a
2: mint julep before. I didn't really like it.
1: Oh, I've actually never had Doesn't one. Have whiskey or something. I,
0: Bro- bourbon I or some shit. I, yeah. I like bourbon or whiskey,
2: but it's th- it was kind of I don't think whoever made it made it right. It was kind of bitter. <laughs> I did not like it. Anyway, maybe I got a bad mint julep. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, um, peppermint's great. And I I have a oil blend that has a lot of peppermint in it Mm -hmm. and when i sometimes i get really terrible headaches like right in the they're not migraines but it's like right in the front part of your head just feels like your brain's gonna pop right out of your face where your frontal lobe yes where your frontal lobe is but if i put that oil right on there it will go away within minutes Mm. now be careful and don't mistakenly put it close to your eyeball (laughs) because you will think you might be dying (laughs) that happened. <laughs> yes. Did you tell
1: Turtle Bear where you're like, I'm dying? Turtle Bear
2: was dead asleep <laughs> and I was laying there cuz I had okay, so here's let me set up this scenario for you. You feel free to edit this out. But I put the oil like it's on a roller ball. Mm-hmm. So I put it on my forehead and I'm reading my book. Everything's great. I feel I mean, I feel like shit, but I don't I don't know what's going on. I'm just waiting for <laughs> this to bypass <laughs> so i have my eye mask that i wear every night like you know to block out any light mm-hmm. and i pulled it down over yeah. where i had put oh, the no. oil so now <laughs> now it's like seeping into my eye holes i guess <laughs> like it's rubbed off of the mask and getting in my eyes so i take off the mask and i'm starting to feel I, and i'm like two years sober and i'm starting to feel drunk i'm like uh-huh. oh shit what is happening uh-huh Am I going to (laughs) die? Is my heart going to stop? If I go to sleep, will I wake up? (laughs) So many questions. (laughs) So many questions. And yet I feel great. (laughs) Like it's a feeling that I haven't experienced in a while. So I was like this, but yet it's good. And I'm scared, but I don't know what's going to happen. So I basically like kept checking to see if the mask was still like.
1: Well, did you die? No,
2: clearly (laughs) not. (laughs) I am clearly here to She's tell you She's been this story. dead this whole time. <laughs> don don don. I know, right? That's the magic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I uh That's
1: how witchy we are. What if our coven is a ghost? That's pretty rad.
2: Very hilarious, ghost. But yeah, I just went to sleep knowing that well, it feels good. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> Then I woke up thinking I might have almost killed myself with essential <laughs> oils.
1: <laughs>
2: not what the I lady feel like promised. That
1: wouldn't have killed you, right? No,
2: it, it probably would not have. Yeah, it I might have, 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 have blinded kills. me though. I oh, probably yeah, should I be a little more careful around the <laughs> eye area. Uh, mint is also really great for muscle pain. I also like when I'm not using it on my forehead or trying to blind myself. <laughs> I'll put it like on the back of my neck. Um, too. That, yeah. So in, sexy. In a sexy manner. <laughs> uh, it can also, it, like everything aids in digestion. <laughs> Is that any surprise? Like lots of herbs are just, uh, really good. Normal. The whole, everybody's aids. like throughout
1: times like, Oh, I got a tum tum pain.
2: I guess. Well, maybe, you know, when they had to experiment with the food, you know, you don't know what's going to kill you. They didn't have not. refrigeration.
0: Yeah. Things were not as fresh as they are oh, today. As yeah, no. a fact.
2: Yeah. yeah. True. Um, And then, oh, and then if I have a cold or, you know, like congestion, you Mm. can just rub it like your mom did, like the Vicks right on your chest and just,
1: you know, touch yourself sexy.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm real sexy when I'm all congested. (laughs) Yeah. You should ask Turtle Bear. It's real, real sexy. So those are the things that it I use my the most. Mind. I
1: mean, when I'm thinking about it, <laughs> well, are you thinking about it right now?
2: I'm rubbing my chest for those of you that cannot, you know.
1: For everybody listen. who's not in this room. Yeah, exactly. Everyone
2: else. <laughs> the whole internet. Our four listeners. <laughs> we love you, four people. Um, anyway, those are the things that I use the most, and I use. And what al-
0: about Frankincense? Oh, I Frankincense! do like <laughs> Frankincense. Frankincense. <laughs>
2: I do like frankincense a lot. Uh, I can't really. The bad thing is, is I was thinking about this today. I don't know jack shit about frankincense <laughs> and how it came to be. So why don't it's you? It's a tree resin, isn't it? Is it? If I feel like I it think might so, be, yeah.
1: From the from
2: the franken tree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't help it.
0: It's, I'm pretty sure it's a resin. I'm pretty we'll sure Google it's not it called the franken tree. I'm pretty
1: sure that's true. But I want it to be. <laughs> We're great witches no we're really not but i
0: do it is
2: i think it is a resin cuz can't you get it in resin form correct yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what we burned the other night mm-hmm. it's pretty rad
0: but um i just saw an article that says that um they've done some studies and it is in fact a, a psychoactive uh agent that ooh i saw that article. that aids in uh, alleviating depression yes so when you smell it and you feel great it's for real
2: that's why i love to sit inside of catholic churches
1: like get you in there. Yeah. The frankincense. frankincense.
2: (laughs) It works every time. Now, uh, I do have that in an oil as well.
1: Blackbird's uh, got all the oils. I have all the oils. She'll rub them on herself. I've been trying to
2: figure out what to use the clove oil for. Now I know. Yeah. Tooth. Tooth pain.
0: If I have a toothache. Yeah. I'll put it on it. You can also um, clench a clove bud in between your teeth.
2: Oh, that sounds spiky
0: well not the spiky part
2: <laughs> do you ever ha- do you have a clever way of pushing that into an orange because that hurts my thumb every time
0: no i don't no. i don't i don't yeah. do no? that no i don't yeah
2: okay All right. well
1: wait why are you pushing them in oranges if you
2: push them into that's I- it's like you stud the orange with the cloves and then you throw it in the witch sauce
1: Oh, he I just a throw ender. it all
0: together. Oh, is that what it's called? Uh, I think so. I forgot that
2: word. A I didn't get that ender. fancy with it. Yeah.
0: It was a decorative, good-smelly object in the Renaissance when people didn't bathe and you they would hang it smelly. in your closet. Yeah.
2: Okay. Wow. Went around That's about That's where lavender that. came,
0: came <laughs> from also. It's from really? the French uh, lavande. It means to wash. Oh, it does. Because people used to, uh, before they had lye soap that was like foaming, they would use lavender so that their lidens would smell fresh and sweet.
2: Very nice.
1: It does smell
2: fresh and sweet. You know all the histories. All of them. All of them. All of them. Every single history. All of them. She knows a if lot. If I don't,
0: I'll just make up a story that sounds like I
2: do fine with me who will know the difference (laughs) not me all right so let's hear about other people's uses of herbs lily tell us about your herbs Mm,
1: we've established that i like oregano
2: oh we have
1: Mm -hmm. and uh oregano is good in everything when i cook i put oregano in i'm not even kidding you everything i cook i believe you yeah oregano is delicious um also good if you got like a little tickle in the back of your throat Just put it in a tea some people have complained that they don't like the taste of the tea but you i love oregano you so. should stop
0: blowing feathers what tickle in your throat uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. 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 i was like i i actually don't know what you're talking about <laughs> god okay never mind yeah sorry i didn't get it um uh there's <laughs> other there's like folktales with oregano too that if you put some of it Above your head or on your head while you're sleeping, you'll have prophetic dreams. Well, have Has you done happen? this? I haven't. No, because I'm pretty sure my dog would eat it because <laughs> right? he sleeps in the bed with yeah. us. So, um, and yeah. then Pippin would have prophetic dreams. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then he would be the most prophetic of corgis. <laughs> and, uh, love. So I love the oregano, and then um, sage. I love sage. Smells so good. Mm i don't vacuum. really cook with sage every once in a while but i just like to smell it
2: you don't eat the meats but i make mm. sure to put it in my turkey every year for mm. thanksgiving like put it under the skin mm-hmm. it's so good oh, y'all i
0: made some sage ice cream and it was,
1: uh, bad. That was oh, fucking, I I bad i think i remember that I it, and it was, was good. very good uh, sage i also like rosemary too we talked about the rosemary grow that inside um i always kill Does lavender. the dog not eat the rosemary like dogs and cats no
2: no i don't it's, care well
1: it's on the counter my oh, rosemary okay. is uh well taken care of and well loved and pretty healthy but it's not very big huh. uh so they mostly leave it alone nice i don't really uh my plants are either outside or on the counters so my animales leave them alone
2: that's good cool
1: and uh that's about the only three things i grow sage oregano and rosemary Hey, those are three really good things. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to grow anything. Yep. Recommend those three.
2: True. Very useful. Lots of different ways.
1: So one of the things I was
0: thinking about um, as I tried to purposely get more into herbalism was um, the idea of why certain herbs are significant to witchcraft. um, And of course, uh, the difference between European like botanicals and then the indigenous native north american ones um because sometimes there's not a lot of crossover or things aren't native here um a lot of the sacred woods in northern europe don't grow here normally and uh a lot of other herbs and plants um we don't have so um but on the flip side we have a lot of uh, native plants that don't have any lore associated with them um in a european witchcraft sense so i've been trying to incorporate those so um i uh I spent a lot of time thinking about um, magnolias because um I had this weird epiphany i I was on Etsy and somebody was selling the magnolia cones, so um, magnolias after they bloom um, have a sort of spiky cone type thing with red seeds and um, and somebody was selling them and I was like, that's dumb, I have those in my yard and then I was like, well but Why am I being such an asshole? Other people don't have them. Yeah, because I was like, well, but if you don't live in a southern region, like those would be very exotic to you. And I'm like, and I buy other kinds of herbs and stuff online all the time because I don't have access to them. So the first thought I had was this idea of just because something is commonplace doesn't mean that it's not powerful or useful. And just because something's exotic does not inversely make it more valuable or useful just because it's rare to you. So that got me thinking about a lot of, um, other plants that, that would be native to me or that I would have in my yard or that are common here. Um, and with the magnolia in particular, I was thinking about it as, uh, being a substitute for different kinds of pine cones because it's, uh, it's kind of similar. And something I realized was, um, because the, the pine cone uh, thingy, for the, it's not obviously a pine cone because it's a magnolia tree, but um, that seed pod has uh, the red seeds and it was making me think of uh, holly berries. And they actually kind of smell sort of similar. And of course, uh, holly and, and pines um, are typically paired with yule um, in mm-hmm. northern Europe. But here, um, the magnolia cones uh, fall in late summer, early fall. Which actually makes perfect sense because for us winter, winter solstice is not um, a significant like seasonal event,
2: like a weather event. Yeah,
0: (laughs) because it's just slightly colder. I mean, we don't have like killing frosts and it's not like... Bitterly cold, and we're all hoping. It actually
1: feels great. Yeah, we're, we're not all like
0: hoping we don't starve through the winter, and like, <laughs> you know, it's not like we're only getting like six hours of sunlight or something. Right. So, um, winter's not really a very big deal here. Um, we don't get a whole lot of snow. And when we do, it's actually awesome because everything shuts down and yeah. you get to stay home from school or whatever. Yeah. So, um, for us, uh, August, late August is actually the worst oh, season, terrible. where you're like, when is this ever gonna end? Where is the light at the end of the tunnel? Everything's dead. So instead of like in winter, other places where everything dies, here, um everything dies in August. Like the ground is scorched; it's like all cracked. It looks like this post-apocalyptic hellscape,
1: especially <laughs> around here because the ground, so much of the dirt is clay. So it actually, yeah. like my backyard, you it's can like see concrete. Cracks, you know? oh, yeah. It's like concrete. Yeah.
0: yeah. And um, all the grass dies. Everybody's grass dies. Um, yep. There's like water restrictions, so you can't water your lawn. Yep. Um, you know, everything's just like scorched and yellow. And there's just cicadas everywhere. Mm. And um, yeah. so, so really, for us, um, that time period is more like Yule in the sense of like um, bare earth, kind mm, of. Yeah, everything's yeah. dying, and you're you're kind of celebrating that moment when it's about to to turn back around and, and start growing again. Cause mm-hmm. in North Texas, October is actually considered to be the best month, the yeah. most beautiful month. Yeah. Um, because it's nice and cool. You can go outside and, and not uh, die. Yeah. You can go, you can, you can touch your car wheel, <laughs> driving wheel without burning your hands off. You can go outside without shoes on, without like burning your feet. So, um, and uh, so that's considered like the, the nicest time here. So the way that in other places where you're just you have these grueling winters and you're just trying to kindle that spark of hope that spring will come eventually for us. It's like summer will end eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it will rain at some point, hopefully oh. soon, you know, yes. like after three months of no rain. Uh, and like I said, October is kind of that month that, that's the, the nicest and most temperate. And uh, so you're kind of like looking for that light at the end of the tunnel. So, and um, also
2: it brings back color because then the leaves start changing and, and falling. And whereas you have had like zero color for the last, you know, all the month of August because everything's just fucking
0: dead. Yeah. And also we have a lot of seasonal fruits, um, yeah. blackberries, uh Pears, apples, um peaches um all of that uh gets ripe in the fall, so and hatched chilies,
1: mm, those are good
0: corn mm-hmm. yeah. gourds. gourds,
1: gourds
0: that was really weird, why y'all <laughs> just decided to say that in sync.
1: I love that word, gourds, I just wanted to gourds. say it, I guess,
0: but I anyway, know. um, so. Yeah. So those are two things that I've been thinking about a lot for, um, local herbalism applications. The things that I overlook because they're commonplace here or they're considered invasive or non-decorative. And then also, um, thinking about seasonality, um, what, what comes into season, uh, different times of the year, um, when certain things bloom or, you know, lose their leaves or sprout or, or, um, go dormant, um, Which, which are on a totally different schedule than, uh, in other places like here, um, the leaves really don't start falling until the 1st of November, Mm -hmm. which is pretty late. I think in in other places it would already be winter. So, so thinking about seasonality, um, because for example, um, a lot of the Celtic, uh, main Sabbaths, uh, are agrarian, you know, they're on a farming calendar, which A, I'm not a farmer, and B, if I were, it would be a totally different calendar than here, mm-hmm. than in other places. Right. So um, some of the symbolism of certain um, crops when in their life cycle would, would be on a different timetable or, or wouldn't be crops that we even have here. So that was something that I was trying to think about. Um, and also thinking of, um, of herbs that uh, don't have any lore associated with them in the European tradition, but are significant uh, to to hear. So, for example, our state flower is the blue bonnet. Um, it's always a big tradition for people to go out in the spring and take pictures in the blue bonnets and try not to get stung on the ass by a bee. Yeah. Um, our state tree is the pecan. So I've been working a lot with um, replacing uh, walnut or hazelnut lore with pecans because in a culinary sense, they're, walnuts and, and pecans are, are pretty pretty even exchange um they're about the same size and have a similar consistency and flavor so i've been sort of trying to think about what the lore is regarding walnut wood and branches Mm. and leaves and and nuts and seeing if that's at all analogous to pecans because i have pecan trees in my yard and plus they're the best pecan pie is the best Uh, pretty much yeah pecans are awesome And um, like I said, the magnolias, um, thinking about that and uh, and how that kind of weirdly ended up being analogous to our season cycle um, in contrast to like yule and holly and pine trees and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing like evergreen trees are less significant here because a lot of trees that are not actually evergreen end up being effectively evergreen here. So the significance of, of pine, um, as being like the one thing that still has green color through the winter. Isn't really that it, it's not the only one. Mm-hmm. So we have plenty right. of, of other things, um, yeah. that are evergreen because it doesn't ever get that cold. True. So that kind of changes the significance of some of those things. Also, uh, we have, uh, mesquite i've been thinking about um making that sort of analogous to some of these like hedgerow thorns so um the hedge uh has a lot of significance in witchcraft um hedge rider is is obviously a term for witch, and the idea of it being like the border between the worlds the border between civilized community and like untamed forest uh all of those kind of things so obviously um hedgerow type woods and, um, thorns are used in a lot of kind of magic. And, um, we don't really have that here. We don't have hedgerows. Um, but one plant that was used for that purpose was the mesquite tree. People would, because it's a low growing, um, low water tree here and they're notoriously hard to cut down. Like when you cut them down, they keep growing back. And they can grow real dense and make like a kind of like a little thicket. So um, before barbed wire, people would use that to close off fields and stuff. And um, so it has that kind of similar purpose. So I was like, well, maybe that would be analogous to like blackthorn or something, mm-hmm. for example. And also um, it's used here as a, a smoking flavoring. Mm-hmm. Um, you use yes. mesquite wood good. to flavor stuff. So um, so that, that, that idea too of, of it being something that you... Um, that you sort of ritually burn that infuses whatever um, it's uh exposed to, so sort of that as being a kind of magical principle. So anyway, that was just something that I've been trying to work on. Do you all have any any other like plants or things that are significant significant to you that that you've sort of put your own meaning on that maybe isn't a, a traditional, I don't think so. <laughs> I was thinking about it.
2: Do I have anything? Mm. I mean, we can go into all the trees that I feel special about. <laughs> but I don't think we need to do that. Again. You brought it up this time. I really, I do like the idea. And I, I don't think we've talked about dandelions yet, but I like the idea of using dandelion. And I just read that whole Sarah Ann Lawless. Uh,
1: oh, the sows. Dying.
2: The blog about the blag about the dandelion harvesting and mil- yeah, that's milking.
0: G- <laughs> 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 that sounded really gross <laughs> for some reason. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Cause I mean, we were talking about things that, that are considered weeds, dandelions. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. like every commercial here about lawn, lawn treatments is like, get rid of the fucking dandelion. I think they're good. Yeah. But yeah, you can use all the parts of them and yeah. um, the, the roots you can cook or you can dry them and make a tea mm. Um, the the leaves you can have in a salad. You can do all kinds of things with the the flowers. You can make um, uh, a kind of like honey out of them. Um, like a a sweet syrup. You have can you done any of those I haven't done that one. I want to try some of this. Yeah, uh, you can you can make fritters. Ooh, you can make you can make dandelion bread. Oh. You
1: can make everything.
0: You can make dandelion wine. An excellent novel by Ray Bradbury.
2: No, it, it sounds fascinating to me and I'd like to try some of that, like thinking of things that are, you know, like we said, not necessarily thought of as something you could use, uh, for cooking or medicinally. You probably can, but be careful.
0: Yeah. And I was thinking of like, like poison Ivy here is like the thing everyone is freaking afraid of because it grows everywhere that is not a properly maintained lawn and, uh, yeah. and I don't know if this is an, kind of like a, an old wives tale, but I've, in my experience, it's always been like every time you get it, it's worse. Like the more and more you're exposed to it, like I've the w- that, the worse your reaction is Yeah. Um, but uh, anecdotally that seems to be true. So of course it's like every summer when people are out like gardening or whatever, it's like this like gauntlet. So the idea of using, um, poison ivy is sort of a baneful herb Mm. you know like as a cursing or blasting herb Um, even if you're not actually handling it but maybe just invoking the spirit in the same way that you would use other poisonous plants in sort of um, cursing or underworld or uh, hexing energy that would maybe be something worth experimenting with definitely worth uh, educating yourself uh, what it looks like yeah so that you do not touch it
1: yeah
2: seriously
0: because it's everywhere over here
1: Knock on wood, I've never had a problem. Me
0: neither, but well, and the thing is, it, it the way you recognize it, it's got three leaves each, mm. uh, which is pretty. Witchy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. really interesting. Um, that's how you recognize it. So, so I feel like there's a lot of a lot of lore that's that's there to be mined. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then also um, one of the other trees here that um, I have in my house, the house is made of it, <laughs> and and also I have one of the trees in my yard is the bodark which is uh, native to North Texas. Uh, it's like an almost mythical kind of wood. It, um, when it dries, uh, it gets really, really, really hard and it resists uh, rot mm. and termites. So um, houses here aren't built on piers and beams anymore, except if they're really old like mine, but that's what they were used for because the piers would uh, be really, really rot resistant and they, they get very, very hard like cement as they get older. Um, so they were used in and Bodark, uh, is from French word describing the fact that the natives used it for, um, making bows for their arrows. And, um, and it was also used as kind of like a hedgerow tree and they have these like really weird looking, not tasty. Um, they're called osage apples. They look like a, oh, yeah. they look like some kind of like Shrek motherfucker, like an apple.
2: It's like a <laughs> little, it's like tinier though than an apple or is it? No, they're apple like size. apple size. Big size. They're, they? they're those like
0: gremlin looking green wrinkly things. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And they're supposed to repel uh, like moths and bugs and stuff mm-hmm. if you bring them inside. Ooh. But yeah, so I feel like th- there's a lot of local lore yeah. associated mm-hmm. with those here. And they used to make um, uh, like board, w- before they had paved roads, mm-hmm. Everywhere they would make uh boardwalks out of the boat arc. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so there's like a lot of lore around here for that. And so I'm, I'm, I've been trying to kind of experiment and, and see if there are other kinds of plants that, that have associated like traditional agreed upon associations and uses that that would kind of be analogous to, or something that I could just, you know, create some associations with, um, you know, on my own that are original. So. Yeah.
1: yeah, sounds awesome. So
0: yeah, and um, I guess that would be something that we can all work on, and would maybe be
2: something we could have herbalism too. Mm-hmm. Electric boogaloo.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, and and if you're interested in um, coming up with more witchy uses for things that are native that you can't just Google that you wouldn't find in a uh, more traditional like one o one herbalism book um I'd start with kind of like what is it for, like what is it? is it mm-hmm. ornamental? is it an invasive species? is it an edible um and uh and then think about the seasonality, like what's its life cycle? you know, is it an evergreen? does it bloom in the spring, mm-hmm. like all of that kind of stuff, and then, um, is any of that uh analogous to things that you can find that have pretty generally agreed upon associations for magic. And then also if it has any local lore, like, is it, is it your state flower or is there like a festival dedicated to it in your area or things like that? So it's a few ways to get started, but it's pretty open-ended. So yeah. Take a walk outside. You can always ask the plant. (laughs) Yes. Ask the plant. Talk to your plants. They will tell you sometimes. Sing
1: to them. (coughs) Excuse me. Sing to them. Touch them. I mean. Feel special around them.
2: Do whatever you want.
1: (laughs) we about. This is pretty,
2: yeah, this this is is a pretty broad topic. I think we could talk about this again, but yeah.
1: Yeah, we could really go on forever about all of this.
2: Maybe we'll have, like I said, herbalism too.
1: Herbalism part. Like do. We can do
2: some stuff and then come back and report back. Oh, we can do some stuff. You know what I'm talking mm. about. Dandelion.
1: Wine. Wine. I is? don't know.
2: I was going somewhere with it. Okay.
0: That's all right. All right. all right. But well. I think the moral of the story is uh, instead of trying to learn all the herbalism, you can just yeah. start with something that, that either you just like as a culinary item or something that, that is easy for you to grow or easy for you to get your hands on locally and then just work with that, and uh, and just baby steps on from there. Instead of trying to to do all the herbs all the time, yeah. And then uh, you know, instead of necessarily memorizing all the herbs and their magics, just uh, exploring what what's native to you and um, what works it, for you. Yeah. Yeah, and if it doesn't have an attested meaning, that's a chance to kind of learn more about it. Like I learned when I was googling magnolias that magnolias evolved before there were bees and so they are pollinated by beetles wow that is amazing i didn't know that oh i didn't done. that didn't even occur to me that that would be that's crazy yeah yeah
2: i didn't know that as yeah thing so i don't really know what that wow.
0: means like in a spiritual sense but mm-hmm. it's a interesting fact that i learned
2: it's, wow awesome that is a good place to to end this because that's the best fact I've heard all day. (laughs) (laughs) Pollinated by beetles. That's what we do.
0: So. Hocus 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 Pocus bitches. bitches.